It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Julian Council, and you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, where I implore you to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find us on Spotify, where I believe what you really do there, you don't really subscribe, you uh, press the follow button. So go to Spotify, press follow. So that you don't ever miss an episode of Locked On Panthers. You can also find us on the new Odyssey app on Google Podcasts. If for whatever reason you have Google Podcasts, come on. Or you can find us on Stitcher and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can find all podcasts that are part of the Locked On Podcast Network on all these locations, including Peacock and Williamson. You guys are NFL fans, you're Panther fans, and I assume that you'd probably want to listen to a national perspective every once in a while, and you would get that with Peacock and Williamson, NFL analyst Brian Peacock, and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with Peacock and Williamson Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Also going to need you guys to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, if you're not aware. It's in the uh, the show description as well. If you ever uh, are like, hey, how do I spell this guy's name? Well, it's right there. So go find it. Follow me on Twitter. Um, again, I'm, I demand that you do this. I get more. I have more listeners and people following me on Twitter, and I will not stop asking you guys until you get to that number. Um, also, going to need your participation. Every Friday throughout the offseason, we're doing our Friday mailbag where you can ask me any questions you have on the Carolina Panthers or any questions you have about me personally. I will ask them, or I'll answer them, really. Not ask them. You're asking questions, but I'll answer the questions. So ask me anything. You can go ahead and start DMing me, start adding me, and I will collect those throughout the week and get to them on Friday. On today's show... Uh, we need to go over a couple of things as we've already been through the defensive depth charts. Kind of want to go over who, what position group in the defense has the least questions, what has the most questions. Also, OTAs are beginning this week. What are some of the things to look out for as rookie Manning camp just wrapped up this past weekend? But let's start off with our final breakdown of the Carolina Panthers position groups and of their depth chart. And that's special teams. And special teams, not something that people. I feel like pay that much attention to when it comes to conversations about the Panthers or really any football team. Because it's special teams, like, okay, well, you know, it's just the kickers and the punters and the kick return guys. And how important are they? Well, I think they're actually kind of important, especially when you have a special team situation where there's a lot of question marks about the capabilities of certain players in that position group. Like, the kicker situation here in Carolina. You don't think about the kicker situation until you have a bad kicker, and then you're like, crap, we need a better kicker. Well, here's the kicker. <laughs> you see what I did there? It's hard to find good kickers because those guys are typically kept or signed 
to the teams that they're already on. The Carolina Panthers used to have a good kicker in Graham Gano. I understand a lot of y'all got upset over the missed field goal in Denver, the missed field goal against the Saints in the playoffs. He had the one against Seattle a couple years ago, but he also had the big field goal um, against the Giants to bail the Panthers out in a season that ended up, you know, being a season of heartbreak in the end as Cam's shoulder fell apart. So it didn't really matter, but you saved the day and not losing that game. He did. Graham Godot, that was. Uh, he also was a pro bowler, and he was pretty good for the most part when he was in Carolina. Every kicker has untimely misses, even Justin Tucker, the best kicker in the league, has had some wild misses where you're just shocked that he misses them. Now he's not um, at the same level as Graham Gano because he's above Graham Gano, but Graham Gano has been a good kicker in the NFL. And when Graham had the knee injury and missed the 2019 season, Joey Sly had an opportunity to step up and be the Panthers kicker. How did he respond? He was 25-32, kicking field goals, which was 78%, not that great, and 31-35, extra points, 88%. We remember the New Orleans game where Joey missed three field goals and basically threw away, which was one of Kyle Allen's best efforts on the road that Sunday afternoon in the Subaru. He follows it up next year in 2020 when the Panthers decide that they don't want to pay Graham Gano. They feel better off. Matt Rule, Marty Herney, and that staff, they feel better off having Joey Sly as their kicker. Joey Sly responds by going 29-36, 80%, so a slight improvement. But he's one of six from 50-plus yards. And here's the thing about that, the context. They threw him out there for some ridiculously long field goals that had never been made in NFL history. And for a guy who has a big leg, but he's not really that accurate, why the hell is Joey Sly going out there and kicking these kicks? He was also 26-33, uh, or sorry, 33-26 from extra points, which was 91%, which was uh, an improvement from the year before. The issue, though, Sly was 24th in the NFL in field goal percentage in terms of field goals made and 21st in extra point percentage. So he's one of the bottom kickers in the league, in the bottom third of the league in both of those statistical categories. Meanwhile, Graham Goodell goes 31-32 kicking field goals for the New York Giants and 21-23 kicking extra points. For as much as you might not have liked Graham Goodell, he was a damn better kicker than Joey Sly has ever been, whether that was back in college at Virginia Tech, where Sly was there, or in his brief two-year stint in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers. Joey Sly is not a good NFL kicker. He's not. Let's just be honest right there. I saw Josh Klein, uh, my buddy who I had on the show on Monday, my first ever guest on Locked on Panthers. He was going through the cutdowns of at least who he projects to be the 53-man roster. And I've talked to you guys about who I think is going to make the roster, who's not going to make the roster. And he had uh, four question marks. When he said, uh, what kicker is going to make it? Matt Amendola was there for rookie minicamp this past week, trying out. He did not, you know, last weekend. The Panthers waived him, and that's not really surprising. There's not very many good kickers out there. Matt Amendola wasn't even that good at Oklahoma State, and I don't know what you would expect him to do here in Carolina. So he will not be in training camp. They're going to have to find some sort of competition for Joey Sly. The Panthers have, for the most part, had solid kicking situations, whether it's John Casey who I know you're always going to think about how he kicked the ball out of bounds, but throughout that season in 2003, he had plenty of game-winning field goals that helped the Panthers get to that point. Now, he was also in a pretty good field goal range when he made those kicks, but still got to make those kicks. And Graham Gano, for his faults and some of the missed kicks he had, he was pretty good. Yes, Harrison Butker. Panthers should have never let Harrison Butker go, as people say. Well, he got beat out by Graham Gano, and they talk about the NFL being the ultimate meritocracy. Well, based off of merit, Graham Gano was a better kicker in camp, and he went on to be a pro bowler that season. And Harrison Bucker's been good, but if you look at it 
Graham Gano has been slightly better than Harrison Butker throughout his tenure in NFL. So if anything, blame Rule or Herney, whoever made a decision for letting Graham Gano go and have a great year last year in New York while they stuck with Joey Sly and now having themselves in a position where they have one of the worst kickers in the National Football League. Now, the punter situation, a little similar in terms of how Gano exited because of a football injury or a non-football injury that he had um, last year. Michael Pilardi, he also suffered a non-football injury, which then had him miss last season. Joe Charlton, who was shanking punts on Cedar Street early on in training camp, he got things figured out. He had a solid year as a punter for the Carolina Panthers. He's back this year, but there will be some competition as they're bringing in the punter from Washington State, whose last name I cannot pronounce. So I'm not even going to try. The guy was third in the NCAA last year in FBS in an abbreviated season, mind you, in punt uh, average. So there we go. He's going to be in for competition. I would suppose that Joe Charlton is probably going to be the punter on this team upcoming season. But who knows what's going to happen with that whole situation. Now, the kick return game has been a little bit of a thorn in the side of Marty Herney, who's no longer here, and just the Panthers trying to figure out who can return kicks. They were 25th in the league last year in punt return average and 7th in kickoff return average, which is fine. Farrell Cooper, I mean, 7th is really good. Uh, Farrell Cooper was brought in. Never gave you anything receiving-wise. Supposed to be a return man. That didn't work out. A couple years ago when Ray Ray McLeod was here, he couldn't hold on to the football. That didn't work out. They've had since where they tried out DJ Moore, and he had issues with fumbles. I will continue to say that the best option for the Carolina Panthers when it comes to punt return is Christian McCaffrey. He's getting paid a boatload of money. Why not put him back there? They only averaged 5.9 yards per punt return last season. You're not really getting that many opportunities to return punts anyway. So why not, the off chance that you actually get a chance to return a punt, have Chris McCaffrey back there, and potentially take it to the house. He's the best punt returner on the team. He's the best kick returner, period, on the team. But we're worried about, you know, whether he's going to be healthy for week 13 in 2024, opposed to the now and trying to win football games now and not really being concerned about how healthy he is in three or four years' time. Like, I'm not that concerned. Like, hopefully he'll be healthy but again, I'm one of those people who says you don't really pay running backs because you can find plenty of running backs throughout the draft that can go out there and give you the kind of production. Now, are you going to get the 1,000,000 like McCaffrey? No. It's only happened three times in the NFL. But you can find guys who can go out there and can get the job done. So if you're going to pay him that kind of money, why not have him return kicks? Why not? Why not try DJ Moore again? Why not try Terrace Marshall? He's got some speed. David Moore's got a lot of speed. I just hope that the Panthers can figure something out punt return-wise. It's not the biggest issue in the world when it comes to special teams, but it is something I would like to see improve in 2021. Now, finally, the training camp battle of the century. Thomas Fletcher, one of the greatest long snappers in Alabama football history, versus J.J. Jansen, the longest-tenured Panther. The writing is on the wall. This would be one of the – it's a six-round pick, but it would be one of the – most extremely Panthers moments for them to waste a six-round pick on a long snapper and then go and cut that long snapper because he can't beat out J.J. Jansen. Now, Josh Klein let us know that he did not see a bad snap. He also has not ever seen J.J. Jansen have a bad snap. And if both guys are not having bad snaps, which one are you going to go with? Probably the young guy that you drafted in the sixth round opposed to the 35-year-old J.J. Jansen who... It's become a Myers Park icon, apparently, as Myers Park, a long snapper, has a J.J. Jansen jersey. 
I'm actually I'm, I feel bad for JJ. It's not necessarily like I'm that intrigued by what's going to happen here because it's very obvious what's going to happen here that JJ Jansen will not be a Carolina Panther unless Thomas Fletcher just just chokes in training camp down in Spartanburg this year. It does stink that like he's been on the roster and they went out there and drafted his replacement. When you're a long snapper, you would never imagine that you would be like your replacement would be drafted. Now bringing in a UDFA whatever but to get drafted and to be sitting there probably not even paying attention to the draft and it's like hey man you see they just drafted a long snapper i can only imagine jj was like well i guess my time's up here in carolina all right so that's a look uh the special teams uh group now let's go ahead and look overall at the defensive outlook for the carolina panthers which i think is obviously improved from last season where i don't think there's a lot of people who are expecting the carolina panthers to be that stout defensively as they were especially in the second half of the season so we'll get to that in just a moment bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action baseball season is in full swing you can track all the action at bet online get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including mlb nba nhl and your ufc mma action before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. I've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever with nine delicious flavors, including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. And sometimes I have some limited time flavors that are awesome as well. Now, Built Bars are great because they're covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft and easy to chew, and the best thing about them is they are healthy for you to eat. Most Built Bars, most flavors have 17 grams protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs, so go out there, get some Built Bars today. Mother's Day has passed, but Father's Day is quickly coming up on the horizon, so make sure to go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So last season, I had pretty much zero expectations when it came to the Carolina Panthers defense. You get rid of a ton of veterans, have the top, one of the top pass rushing uh, defenses in the league in the year prior to 2019. Couldn't stop the run, but still were second in the league in sacks, which is awesome. And you get rid of a lot of those veterans and, you know, no more Jerry McCoy, no more um, Bruce Irvin, Mario Addison exits. And you bring in a brand new crop of guys. I mean, Brian Burns ends up being one of the stars for the defense. And he had his moments in his rookie year. Hand injury. That kind of slowed him down. And also just, I don't know what Ron Rivera was doing there. Just didn't give him kind of the snaps that I think a lot of us wanted to see. Then, of course, Derek Brown enters. You bring in Jeremy Chin. So you have a young core of guys right there. And two former first-rounders. And a guy you traded from the second round who turned out to be one of the top defensive players in the league last year. Playing out of position so to say, at linebacker last year, now moving back to safety. So when I look at this defensive group now, I feel very confident with what the Panthers have added this past offseason, or I guess this current offseason still, and the way that they play in the second half of the season. All I wanted to see from the Carolina Panthers defense last year, a young defense that was forced to play guys like Troy Pride Jr. and play guys like Stan Thomas Oliver. You had to play Miles Hartfield. They had to play Sam Franklin back at safety. A lot of names, a lot of young players. Bravian Roy, you can throw him in there. YGM, Etor Grossmatos, who dealt with injuries. You had to play a lot of young players. 
and my hope was throughout the season with a new defensive coordinator and Phil Snow and all defensive uh, draft class of rookies that by time they got to the second half of the season, they would show a level of improvement that made you think going into 2021 that you add a few more pieces and this defense could turn out to be something more akin to what we're used to here in Carolina when it comes to the Panthers defense. And you look back to Detroit game, the show that they had there. You look at how they played against Washington, all granted, Dwayne Haskins, not a good player, but getting takeaways. Even 52, to hear Whitehead, who's no longer Carolina Panther, he had a takeaway in that game. The second half in Green Bay on that Saturday night against the Packers, who were the number one seed in the NFC, and went to the NFC Championship game for the second year in a row with Devontae Adams, an all-pro wide receiver, and of course Aaron Rodgers, who ended up being the league MP, MVP. They shut them down in the second half. That's when Derrick Brown really kind of showed what you wanted to see from him throughout the season, what you had seen from him at Auburn in the SEC. This defense, now heading into 2021, I think they have top 10 potential. Are they going to be one of the best defenses in the league? I'm not quite sure. They have the potential, though. Not just because I say that they... Just because I said top 10 potential does not mean they're going to be a top 10 defense. I think they're going to be a good defense. They're going to be a much better defense than they were last year. And I think what we saw in the last couple weeks is probably what we're going to see more of in the upcoming season. Brian Burns, no questions about him. YGM, I'm very interested to see if he's healthy, what he can add coming off the edge as a pass rusher. Probably more in that three-man front, maybe four-man if they have get down guys. Um, Morgan Fox coming over from the Rams, who had six and a half sacks last year. You bring in Christian Miller again, who I had questions talking about the other day of where he's going to fit into this roster after opting out. And I'm not saying the Panthers are going to punish him. I'm just very interested to see how things are going to work out. Marquise Haynes is back, of course. And then Hassan Reddick, one of the big-time free agent signings that I still feel like, whether it's myself or just the Panthers media in general, I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about Hassan Reddick and the kind of impact he might have for the Carolina Panthers. Now, there's big questions of whether last year was a lie, basically. Because it wasn't that long ago. I mean, this time last season, the Arizona Cardinals opted to not exercise his fifth-year option. The only reason why he was a free agent and able to come to Carolina this uh, offseason because the Cardinals didn't think that he had played up to the standards of a first-round pick through the first three seasons. Then last year was fantastic, had the majority of his sacks. I think he had, like, what, six or five sacks, something crazy against the Giants. But he was still a really good player. But he did not earn the kind of market value that you would think a guy who had double-digit sacks and a former first-rounder would get. So he comes to Carolina to play with his former head coach, Matt Rule. He played for at Temple who helped him get to be a number one pick. If Hassan Reddick can duplicate what he did last year and Brian Burns continues to take that next step as one of the top edge rushers, at least young edge rushers in the NFL, that's going to be scary. Just think about third down situations and those two guys going out getting after you. And in, inside, Derek Brown, Daquan Jones, if Brown can show you what you saw towards the end of the season and be more of an inside pass rusher, and if Daquan Jones is going to continue to be stout in the run game, which the Panthers have not been good at, he was really good in Tennessee in the run game. If he can come here and help groom Derrick Brown in terms of being a run stopper and Brave and Roy, who's going to more be more of a run stopper throughout his career probably in Carolina, that's what they're going to ask of him. He can also do that. And then Davian Nixon, the fifth rounder out of Iowa, who might be the steal of the draft potentially. If he can give you that kind of edge rush that you need from the th- – not edge rush, but he can give you that rush that you need inside from a three-technique perspective – then I like what the Panthers have. So, like, when it comes to defensive ends, slash edge and defensive tackle, corner now with J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson adding A.J. Boye, Troy Pride having a year of experience. You can even talk about Stan Thomas Oliver. You add Keith Taylor. I like the depth at corner, at linebacker. 
Shaq Thompson, his experience. Denzel Perryman, you bring in his experience. He's going to be a massive upgrade from Tahir Whitehead, hopefully, as long as he stays healthy. Jermaine Carter Jr., who really came along at the end of last season after being out of the doghouse, Matt Rule. Those position groups, which is pretty much the entire defense, I feel pretty good about that. Safety is the only questions I have just because I don't know what's behind Jeremy Chen and Justin Burris. One of those guys goes down. I also don't know whether Justin Burris really is the, I mean, best available option out there for the Carolina Panthers at safety alongside Jeremy Chin. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I just don't know. And you have Sam Franklin behind him. You have Kenny Robinson, who was fifth rounder last year, then was cut, was on the practice squad, and he was on the active roster. How do the Panthers feel about him? That's the only kind of question I really have about this defense. Now, certainly production and whether guys like Reddick are going to actually duplicate what they did last season and whether guys like Gross Matos can stay healthy and give you what you're hoping you're getting out of him as a second-round pick last season. That's the only kind of questions I really have. Horn, of course, stepping in. You know, Dante, Boye, which one's going to be the next starter opposite of of J.C. Horn? Seemingly, Horn's going to be that day-one starter. He's probably not going to be the number one a corner, maybe he will be because of the competitiveness that they like of him and his and his size and his length. But there's not a ton of questions on this defense. I think they have all of the pieces potentially to be a very good defense this year in Carolina. And considering what the offense did last year with Teddy Bridgewater and the season that DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson had, and you get Chris McCaffrey back, you add in Dan Arnold, who can be a real red zone threat for you. Tommy Trimble can help out in the run game. Hopefully the offensive line can be improved and Sam Darnold can add an extra element of being able to push the ball down the field and maybe cut down on those turnovers. That sets the Panthers to be able to play complimentary football, something that they did not do last year, as Matt Rule indicated the night that they drafted J.C. Horn. We could not get out the field on third downs at a lot of times last season. If they can do that this year with that young group that I see here and one of the youngest, the youngest roster in the NFL, there's going to be a bright future for this unit and the Carolina Panthers. And we should get to see most of those guys coming up here this week of OTAs going on. Well, at least hopefully Matt Rule indicated that most of them should be in town for organized team activities, which are voluntary, by the way. So going to talk about what to expect this upcoming week with some of the young players fitting with the veterans. And the first time that Matt Rule and his staff have been able to have actual on-field organized team activities with their uh, their team. So that's really cool to see that for them after the whole COVID pandemic, which is still ongoing, technically, even though things have kind of lightened up here in North Carolina and a lot of places across the country. But we're not going to really get into that kind of stuff. So I'll get to all that in terms of OTAs in just a minute. But first, let me tell you about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all... Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the Carolina Panthers are back together for the first time in a long time. OTA is going on this week over at the bubble and off Cedar Street. Some things to kind of look for. Now, the NFL Players Association, or also known as the NFLPA, if you prefer to uh, do the uh, whole abbreviation thing, has discouraged players from attending OTAs this spring, and union officials told ESPN last week about 15 teams have initiated changes to their offseason and minicamp routines as a result of the dialogue between the players and coaches. The Panthers are not one of those teams. Now, here's something that's important. I was asked a couple weeks ago, for the Friday mailbag about the situation going on in Denver with Juwan James, who apparently was owed $10 million, but was one of those players who decided not to go into the team facility voluntarily because he was worried about COVID protocols and everything that's going on. So he decided to work out on his own. And there's nine weeks throughout the offseason where they have voluntary activities at the facility where you can go in. And the rest of the time it's shut down. You got to do your own kind of stuff. So James decides not to go in. He tears his Achilles. And the Broncos decide that they are going to cut him and he's not going to get $10 million. Now, he is going to contest it through the NFLPA, which, of course, you should do anytime $10 million is out there on the table. The Panthers players are not a part of those teams. It's half, it's basically, well, it's less than half the league, technically, but it's about half the league that has asked their team to, to uh, initiate changes. And the Panthers are not one of those. I would encourage every Panthers veteran to come to the facility. Because I think the way teams are probably going to do this is if you come to the facility and you get injured, okay, we'll cover it. If you decide not to come to the facility when you can and you get injured, you're going to probably have a tough time getting the money that you want to have from that team and the team not kind of looking down upon you. And that's just kind of the business in the NFL where the league and the NFLPA are constantly at odds with each other. So I don't think that's going to be the case here. It turns out where Matt Rule's expecting a lot of these guys to come, which is good. This is the first time that they get an opportunity to actually go through OTAs as a team with Matt Rule and his coaching staff. And the last thing that they should be trying to do after a 5-11 season is trying to hold out, stay away, when they can improve with, I think, what's been a pretty strong offseason, considering we don't really know what this team's going to look like, really, in 2021, in terms of, like, are they really going to be much improved? They're going to be better? You like the moves that have been made in free agency. And with the draft and the way that Lee Scott Fitter maneuvered a draft, I don't know whether the guys he drafted will turn out to be any good, but I do like the way that he went about it and the strategy that they had, and they sought out to do what they said they wanted to do. So just looking at this week, I'm just curious to see not really how someone performs, because they're going to be in shorts and t-shirts, and you're not getting anything out of that, but maybe just positionally how guys line up, like Brady Christensen. His versatility is one of the reasons why the Panthers were really excited to get him at, in the third round and why they traded up the only trade up in the draft after they did so many trade backs early on Friday evening of the second night of the NFL draft, the second and third round. They liked the fact that, yeah, he was really good at left tackle at BYU. Maybe not against the best competition, but that's an option there. He could also be an option inside at guard. How does he fit in the offensive line this week? That's why I'm really interested to see. At left tackle, is Greg Little starting? That's in terms of that's is that the first he's gonna be with the first unit? Is it gonna be Trent Scott? 
Is it going to be Cam Irving, who they assigned to $8 million guaranteed? Y'all know how interested I am in that. I'm just curious, like, what it's going to look like just kind of unofficially the depth chart when they're out there this upcoming week at OTAs. Terrace Marshall didn't really participate a lot at rookie minicamp. Um, will he be a participant at all when it comes to OTAs and when they have mandatory minicamp? Will he be a partic- uh, participant? That's certainly something to monitor with his knee. And I think for the best for the Carolina Panthers is that he's healthy. And if he turns out to be number three wide receiver this year and he shows you enough to where if Robbie Anderson has another great season and at the age that Robbie's at, getting up there in his late 20s, he needs to go get the most money possible. And the Panthers don't want to give him that where they already have priorities, probably with DJ Moore. And who knows if Sam Darnold performs well, they might want to extend him. Same thing with uh, obviously Taylor Moten, who has to be priority number one when it comes to guys who needs new contracts, the Carolina Panthers, Dante Jackson too. It could be difficult to try and bring back Robbie Anderson. So Terrace Marshall being healthy and being able to participate throughout the entirety of the off season will be important at corner. Dante last year, battle the turf toe, big year for him contract year. A lot of guys lied in their contract years, turn out having great years, and then once they get paid, don't turn out to be that good of a player. But will Dante Jackson turn out to really be what the Panthers hope he can be? And this is not the same coaching staff that drafted him or same regime, but it does seem that Matt Rule likes him. And this coaching staff is a fan because they did say, we wanted to get a guy who could start opposite of Dante Jackson. Now, A.J. Boye gets signed. He's been a former pro bowler. Didn't have a great year in Denver last year with the injuries and then the PED suspension, which I have him out for the first two games of the season. But he's going to be very important for this team as they still are going to be going up against some of the best wide receiver cores. When you play Tampa, they're going to need multiple guys. Obviously, with the Falcons, if Julio Jones does not get traded, it's Calvin Ridley and it's Kyle Pitts. Pants are going to need three guys out there who they can rely on. And if those three can be A.J. Boye and Dante Jackson, J.C. Horn, I feel a hell of a lot better about the secondary than I have in really a few seasons. And especially since they let go of James Bradbury, which has only been one season, but that's stunk to see him go and play well last year in New York and also run into a few interceptions. One of the criticisms a lot of Panther fans had on him when a lot of times it's just sheer luck because Dante Jackson's run into plenty of interceptions throughout his time in Carolina. But has he been the same player as James Bradbury in terms of covering guys? No. So who knows how that's going to work out this upcoming year. But those are kind of a few things I'm interested in seeing coming up with OTAs. Now, if you want to ask me questions, what you want to see, I want to hear from you guys. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council and also to tweet at me. That wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, on Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much wherever you get your podcast from. Continue the rest of the week. We're going to look at OTAs. Going to talk about maybe what other holes can be filled on the roster. Who could be a potential steal from the NFL draft class. And might even have a few other things up my sleeve in terms of guests. But stay tuned. Thanks again, as always, for listening to the podcast. I'll talk to you all later. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.